And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a terrific weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Nick Lindquist. Always a great time talking to Nick. Uh, and we discussed at length the Twitter files. We, we broke down all of the latest uh, coming out of Twitter HQ. Uh, we talked about how Elon Musk is absolutely correct to call for the prosecution of uh, Anthony Fauci uh, and a bunch more. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Nick, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you're an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Nick Linquist. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Nick Linquist. Nick, how you been, man? Pretty good. Can't complain. How about you, Brady? Same, buddy. I mean, I could, but I won't. Not today. Yeah, we have, enough, we have exactly. enough stuff to complain about in the world of politics. So, As uh, boomers say, who would listen, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. But we got to talk. We got to talk about the Twitter files. I've I've talked a little bit about this stuff, but we're, we should probably dedicate a whole episode to it. Um, just overview. We'll, we'll we'll dig into it in detail. But we now know that everything we suspected <laughs> all along regarding collusion between the feds and big tech um, in order to help Democrats get elected. You know, we we now know this is all true. Twitter colluded with the Biden campaign and the FBI um, to hide the Hunter biden laptop story they made up ridiculous reasons to ban trump when he was a sitting president nearly every prominent right winger on twitter was shadow banned for years um, and the fbi literally until last week had an asset inside of twitter hq to protect democrats so not surprising but still super evil stuff uh, obviously corporate media the other aspect of this they won't touch this with a 10-foot pole because journalism no longer exists but before we get into the specifics just you know What's your view from 30,000 feet here? You know, any any new information coming out? What, what do you think? Well, a couple of things here. So, number one, it's not really surprising that the information I'm seeing. I mean, I kind of suspected a lot of it for years. I mean, it was kind of writing on the walls, most of it. However, <clears throat> I didn't realize how deep it went and how formalized it was on right. the other side at Twitter. Like. They have basically internal dossiers on all of these right wing accounts and they're like tagging them like shadow ban projected or, or shadow banned or don't don't boost or, you know, all of these things to, to fuck with the algorithm um, and make sure that certain people and trends aren't starting to trend on Twitter and making sure certain people, even if they're not banned, they're not having their tweets seen by anyone. Um, it's just all, it's just all crazy in the sense that it's so formalized and ingrained in the culture of Twitter. And it yeah. was just completely fine to them. I mean, their emails were so relaxed and nonchalant about it. It's not like it was a big thing. It's clear that this was happening for years all the time regularly. 
and it was no big deal, and they'd figure out ways to make it so that people were breaking the rules, even if they weren't breaking the rules. Yeah, and like it, it's clear that I mean, we we all assumed that all this stuff was happening, but it was so targeted and specific. Like it was, it, it went deeper than even I thought it did. I mean, these people spent exorbitant amount of times the time targeting specific accounts. I mean, they yeah. had like whole like threads about libs of TikTok. You know what I mean? Like they'd spend days or weeks just messing with libs of TikTok. Some random fifty-year-old woman, right? And for yeah. no reason, like they knew there was no re, like they were literally just reposting videos of liberals on TikTok saying crazy evil stuff. So like, there's no like that obviously doesn't break any rules of any social media company. Um, I mean, it's literally just reposts from social media. Um, right. So, but they would just discuss this stuff. They would talk about, oh, how do we shut down libs of TikTok? How do we shut down Ben Shapiro? How do we shut these people down? And it's like. Yeah, man, these people really got off on this power. I mean, they, they, th- this is how they spent their time, the employees of Twitter, just specifically targeting conservatives for absolutely no reason. Yeah, and, it, and a lot of them weren't even, like, crazy, you know? It wasn't like everyone was Marjorie Taylor Greene and stuff that they were doing yeah. this to. It was, like, normal conservatives, like Daily Wire folks, the Blaze folks, yeah. um, you know, writers at, like, National Review and stuff, like, very mild conservatives even. Yeah. got the brunt of this and got a club over the head at the Twitter HQ without even knowing it. I mean, imagine being one of these idiots, man, on the right, who five years ago, <laughs> you know, just went along with the whole, oh, it's fine that they banned Alex Jones. Oh, it's fine that they banned whoever. You know, it's like, yeah, man, we, we knew, everyone knew this entire time that it was going to lead to this. And the useful idiots who just did the bidding of the left this whole time, man. I mean, like, you know, on the bright side, no one will learn their lesson, of course. I mean, because no, no, Republicans no. just cannot. I mean, they resist learning lessons like the plague. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and on the topic of useful idiots, I'm going to bring up someone we bring up a lot on this show, which is David French. Uh, oh, no, what did he do now? <laughs> he doubled down. He, he, he saw these Twitter files. He said nothing about them except um, trying to bash Tucker over the head for saying – it's a First Amendment issue. Um, like that was his that was his only take on all of this. He didn't say it was disgusting. He didn't say that, you know, Twitter was doing like repugnant things behind the scenes. All he was said was like, well, technically, it's not a First Amendment issue. And it's like, dude, are, like, wake up. What are you doing? You know, like I mean, he's what? just a Democrat. He's just a Democrat. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Essentially, I mean, that's his whole audience at this point. He's alienated everyone else, so they're just using him as like a tool. And then, you know, one day he'll become not useful to them anymore, and he'll be thrown under the bus by them. And uh, yeah, I kind of can't wait for that day. I mean, it is really exposing who has just been a Democrat activist this entire time. I mean, the people yeah. that are that claim to be on the right, who are still trying to ignore the Twitter files it is hilarious. I mean, people, I have a few theories about this too. Like, I think people just go to great lengths to avoid admitting how corrupt and evil their own government is. You know, yes. like even like right wingers are mocking Musk for releasing this information, saying it's not a big deal. Or even like some of them will admit how wicked it all is, but just downplaying it saying, well, you know, Twitter doesn't really matter. Only 10% of Americans are on it. It didn't, it's not enough to swing elections or anything. It's like, just guys, just admit that you were wrong. I admit that I'm wrong all the time. Okay. Like, it's not hard. And like, I, it's like, dude, your, your government, your government, who you pay half your salary to, 
is colluding with big techs, big tech to crush you and your family, David French. <laughs> like these people hate you, yeah. they want you dead, and they're colluding with tech to crush you and people that share your worldview. And it's like, my theory is that so many people just, they just will not admit how far gone government is. Like they remember all the good government propaganda from government schools when they were children, and they just don't want to admit that they got played. It's like they just don't yeah. like it. If they admit how evil their government is, then they're going to have to admit that guys like Brady Leonard were right. <laughs> you know? Like they're going to have to face their worldview and change. They're going to have to change their minds. They're going to have to admit how wicked government is and how rotten the government is to its core. And they just, I don't know, they, they've been so indoctrinated by government schools, by universities. It's just they, they've lived in or near D.C. for too long. They're, they're buddies with too many politicians that they just can't admit it to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they drink the Kool-Aid, essentially, and there's no real turning back. And the ones who don't actually believe it and may agree with us aren't going to say that because they're bitter and they've been saying what they're saying right now for years. So, um, yeah, I think it's time for for a mix-up of the pundit class, for sure. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I mean, one of the—I want to talk about the FBI's angle here, because I think one of the most shocking revelations—I mean, not shocking, maybe shocking if you believe government isn't evil, but um, it it was at least interesting to see it laid bare like this, and this is the Jim Baker aspect, not Jim Baker, former— chief of staff to Reagan, the this uh this spook that works for the FBI or did until very recently. Turns out the FBI had an asset named Jim Baker inside Twitter until last week when when Elon Musk finally fired the guy. Um and he was just filtering information within Twitter. Uh and even he was he was filtering the information being given to Matt Taibbi before the first Twitter files dump. Um and this is the same FBI agent who lied about the Steele dossier lied to Congress, was eventually, quote-unquote, fired for all the lying, but uh, I, I highly doubt that was true. Um, a true FBI spook whose mission it has been for years, apparently, is to just simply destroy the Republican Party. Um, I think it's safe to assume the FBI has assets in every big tech company, in every boardroom, you know, in, in, inside of these Fortune 500 companies. Um, the deep state has a long reach, man, and this guy, this FBI agent, was affecting Twitter policy was filtering what what information came out until a handful of days ago. Um, yeah, man. I, I The FBI's angle here, I think they're behind a lot of this. Obviously, Zuckerberg admitted on Rogan's podcast that they censored the Hunter Biden laptop story at the direction of the FBI. Um, I think the more you dig here, the, the more you're going to find the FBI is to blame for all of it. Yeah, and it's also just going to show us how the FBI and its mission has changed. Like this used to be a an agency to investigate, you know, national criminals um, and national conspiracies. But now they're the ones carrying out the conspiracies, and they're also becoming more like the CIA in that they're becoming an intelligence agency and weaponizing themselves against actual American citizens. Like this is. This is scary stuff. This happens in third world countries, um, and it doesn't often happen in a country like ours. But I think that's all changing. It's changing here. It's changing in Europe. Uh, It's changing all across the quote-unquote West, if you can even call us the West anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'd say it changed probably 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And we're just now— 
yeah, we're realizing how bad it is now, but I think they've been operating uh, as an agency designed to destroy Americans, you know, destroy the American political mm-hmm. right um, for a couple decades now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I, I think it's safe to assume the FBI has assets inside of all these companies. I, I can't imagine they only had an asset within Twitter. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, man. And I, it, it, I can't it, imagine there's only one. Yeah, like, of course. And, and, and of course, we have to remember, too, like most of the people that were employed by Twitter um, and still are, honestly, I mean, most of them still are, were once at the FBI or the CIA. Like these are all former uh, intelligence officers. And while they may not be formally in a relationship with the FBI, of course, that mission is still in their head and they want to carry it out to some degree even if yeah. it's subconsciously. So it's it's scary stuff. And yeah, I agree. I think they're probably at, at all of these companies, Google, uh, Facebook, you know, a, a, all of them. I mean, the FBI, I mean, remember the, uh, the fake assassination attempt of Gretchen Whitmer? That was all, <laughs> that was all the feds. I mean, yeah. it was like, and it was as soon as she started getting mainstream pushback for, uh, for the lockdowns, not letting people plant gardens, slaughtering old mm-hmm. people in nursing homes. As soon as she started getting pushback to defend the lockdown policies, I think there were 14 guys involved and 12 of them were FBI agents. I think it was 12 yep. feds and then two mentally deranged right-wingers that these 12 feds baited into saying they wanted to kidnap the governor. It's like, dude, if, yeah. I mean, if, if it's 12 out of 14, 14 people are federal agents, I mean, it's <laughs> There was no crime committed except by the FBI. I mean, that that is who these people are. It is who these people yeah. are, man. I mean, and the fact yeah. that they're they're so embedded that Elon Musk. Did, I mean, you know, he can't be every everywhere all the time. But the the fact that this FBI agent was was still corrupting Twitter until literally last week. You know, months after Elon bought the company. Man, I mean, these they're good. You got to hand it to them. The feds are good. They're good at what they do. They're good at destroying Republicans. They're good at misinformation. You know, they're good at trap entrapment. I mean, they have a lot of practice and they're good at it. You know, I uh, it, the response from Democrats attacking Elon Musk is hilarious to me. And they just they they don't really have they have nothing obviously. So they they go to like these prepackaged talking points. It's like you know, Musk must be silenced because there's going to be violence against transvestites. And it's like, what? It's like, what? Like this, the nonsense comes, you know, they're not making like a logical argument. Like they should just say, hey, we're against free speech. We hate Elon Musk because we want Americans to be silenced. I mean, that's what they mean. At least that's an intellectually consistent position. But they just squeal about like minorities or whatever. Like it, it doesn't even make any sense. And then a side note, and that's just your everyday like Democrat voters and politicians and stuff. But seeing the killers and spies go after Elon Musk in unison is pretty creepy. Like Vinman, John Brennan, you know, all these people attacking Musk, saying he should be prosecuted for some reason. Like I'm not, I'm not even sure why. Um, and these these people are literal war criminals, like actual mass yeah. murderers, who are being praised now not only by elected Democrats and journalists, which you would expect, but by normal everyday Democrat voters. Um, it's like the level of Stockholm syndrome these people are exhibiting, man. Like it is truly disturbing. And I just want to side note, I'm under no illusion that Elon Musk is like one of us. Like he's not yeah. like some free speech absolutist. He's not some right winger. He's not, 
But it's like, man, it's not a hard choice <laughs> between Elon Musk and like a bunch of literal mass murderers and spies, like literal war criminals who have slaughtered hundreds of thousands of women and children or Elon Musk. Yeah. It's like, okay, like the decision is clear. Like, I'm, I'm under no illusion that Elon is something that he's not. But my goodness, he's pissed off quite literally the worst people in American society. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They've gone off the rails. And it seems like everyday Americans are kind of going with them because they've been fed this lie that Twitter is like, you know, the end all be all. And if uh, Elon Musk takes over, the whole world's going to end. Whereas they forget that, like, you know, 1.5 billion of the Twitter accounts that are in existence aren't in use. Like, it's mostly just inactive people. Um, Twitter isn't even the most trafficked social media site. Like, you know, opening it up to more people isn't a big deal. And it's not the end of the world. But these people are so trapped in a bubble. And they have convinced themselves that Twitter is real life. And that if Elon Musk ruins their precious environment where, you know, blue check journos get to say everything and everyone else has to shut up, um, you know, that that's what the stakes have come to. And that's why they're acting so sporadic and radically. Um, I, I don't see an end in sight for it, but it has been interesting to watch. I didn't think it could get this bad. Yeah, and a bunch of prominent libs like uh, Joy Reid and uh, what's the what's that little kid from Florida, the anti-gun kid, David. Oh, Hogg. David, David Hogg. Yeah, and, and all these all these you know liberals with uh, you know millions of Twitter followers and stuff. They were all complaining the other day, and this was hilarious to me. It was absolutely hilarious to me. They're all complaining. They're like, well, since since Elon Musk bought Twitter, now I have to you know I see all these Republicans on Twitter now. Does anybody else have this problem? Like, I'm seeing Republicans on Twitter. And it's like, these people are so insulated. They're so insulated in their little bubbles that they can't handle experiencing normal life. It's like they've, like, big tech has censored so much of, like, the Republican right-wing discourse and insulated their reader, you know, corporate media, you know, consumers into this bubble of leftism that they don't know how to handle. Like, they can't live a normal life if that means they have to encounter the right. Like, they yeah. don't, they're not used to it. They're not, they're used to being completely cut off from Republican thought entirely, and they can't handle it. It's like they, they see things they disagree with, and they freak out. It's like they they cannot handle it. They can't debate it. They can't, they, it's like... They think somebody's going to be harmed. And so you think of the gays and the trannies, and the, they might be sad. The, tra the transvestites yeah. could be sad if they see a Republican on the Internet. It's like they, their brains are so broken. They can't—it's like they, they, they need people to protect them from, infor from like, the truth, from speech, yeah. or they freak out. Like, it's—these people are so small and weak and weird. I mean, it's like, I can't imagine—I mean, we're just, like— inculcated with leftism 24-7. I mean, it's every media platform. It's every film studio. It's every record label. It's it's every every corporation, every commercial, everything. You see, you know, you watch an NFL game and you see, like, Democrat Party propaganda. Like, we're just used to it all the time and we ignore it. Like, these people have never seen any... Like, they've gone years without seeing anything they disagree with on the Internet. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, they're so sensitive to their bubble. And it's actually interesting because now I'm seeing calls for 
um, someone to build a new Twitter that's safe from, from the stuff. <laughs> safe. And it's like, hmm, safe. weren't you like making fun of conservatives for trying to do the same thing not too long ago? Like, why is it all of a sudden okay? And why is all of a sudden um, the argument that, well, Twitter is a private company, they can do what they want. Why is that going away now? Like, it's very, very ironic to watch the tables just completely turn around. They, I mean, I honestly think they're going to get even worse. I mean, because like the right wing alternatives to Twitter were all terrible, you know? Yeah, yeah, they were awful. And they had, um, they all had like really stupid names too, you know? Oh yeah. But the lib yeah. alternative is literally called Mastodon. <laughs> like nobody's gonna, yeah. nobody's gonna join a website called Mastodon. Like what a bizarre choice Very in branding. Strange. A big dead animal, a big extinct animal. Yeah. Yeah, it's so bizarre. And the, and the... Man. The sad thing about it is, you know, you know, Parler died because Amazon decided to stop hosting them. I don't know why they decided to go with Amazon for hosting anyway. Um, but like, I don't think that would ever happen to a lib alternative to Twitter. Um, they'll they'll never run into the problems that these conservative ones did. And uh, it will be interesting to see what happens with those, because I'm sure there's more platforms coming from these deranged twitter obsessed people that need a new bubble to live in not a single one of these morons will leave twitter <laughs> my oh, goodness well, yeah i mean it, it was funny this morning i saw a tweet that said uh twitter is over and it's it, like just reading a tweet about how twitter's over with the hopes of getting a retweet on your tweet about twitter being over <laughs> it's just like it's 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 insane and, and also now all these people are still paying for their blue checks because God forbid they <laughs> let those go. So they're paying $8 a month to tweet that Twitter's over and just make so, a big fuss. Just so vain. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Like, none of them will ever not pay the $8 either because no, they, they're they no. so obsessed with that little blue check that they just can't yeah. imagine life without it because they don't know. They've never like been outdoors before. So right. it's like, you know. I mean, they probably right. think they probably don't go outside because they actually think Mastodon still exists and might like trample them or something. In fact, how would they know any better? They've never been in the it's woods. Very true. Yeah. Well, and also COVID, the, the pandemic isn't over, so um, hashtag, can't go outside ha- yet. Hashtag bring back masks trends on Twitter every few days. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was in Europe a couple months ago, man, and like, I, uh, I mean, probably 1%, 1 to 2%. Of people, even in like these lefty cities like Paris and London, wear masks. Like masks are just totally gone in Europe. And then we yeah. flew from Dublin back to Chicago, walk off the plane, and everybody. And the first thing I see is a dude in like a full face shield with a mask on. Oh over yeah, it. that's the classic one. Yeah. Like bro, Chicago. If you were being outlibbed, I mean, if you were like so much more liberal than Paris, France, like dude, I just don't yeah. know. Like, what are you doing at this point? My goodness. Yeah. I like the World War Two era gas masks. That, that <laughs> I see fewer of them now, but um, the those punk. still pop up every. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're a pilot for, you know, the Royal Air Force or something. <laughs> but, but man, yeah. yeah, I don't know what I don't know where. Like I, I don't understand why it's only America at this point. That's interesting about Europe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. I, I was shocked. Yeah, I and mean, that just does not say much for our countrymen. No. Uh, it's not, not, not good. Um, Elon Musk also, and this is the last thing I want to mention today before we wrap it up. He also called for Anthony Fauci to be prosecuted. 
Yes. Um, and that upset, once again, all of the world's worst individuals. You know, all the, <laughs> the aforementioned war criminal John Brennan couldn't couldn't bust out that iPhone to defend Fauci fast enough. Um, I mean, murderers defending murderers, I suppose. Um, and I just want to say, jailing Anthony Fauci for the rest of his life is a moderate, milk toast, common sense first step towards sanity. Yeah. Like, like if we're if, yeah, like, if we want radical. American, yeah, like if we want American society to to survive, this is a this is a, like a centrist proposition. Every single American should be calling for Anthony Fauci to be prosecuted. He used U.S. taxpayer money to fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan, China, and lied about it under oath before Congress, which is a felony. I mean, he's a true villain who ruined millions of lives across the world. He's the nation's most dangerous psychopath. Like, how is this controversial? And why aren't more Republican elected officials calling for Fauci to go to prison? I mean, there's Rand Paul, there's Thomas Massey, there's the, you know, the libertarians, and no one else. Like, where? Where? Where's the GOP? I mean, the man attempted to bring down Western civilization and nearly succeeded. Okay, like the man, like a true menace to society. My my goodness, like, what? How is this controversial in the least? It's it's not, and, and you're so right. That's like, that's the very least we can do about this. And I don't know why everyone's freaking out about the prospect of him going to prison. Like that's. That's what happens in America when you break the law and threaten the very fabric of our country. Like, that's that's what anyone else would get. Like, if this wasn't Fauci, he'd already be in jail. Um, but here we are arguing over it. And, oh, we can't throw Fauci away in jail. He's a hero and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, regardless of how you feel about him, he did do some very, very bad things that have essentially like set the world back 10 years in, in a lot of ways. Um, so there's really just no way around it. I mean, his, the effects of what he did are still here with the supply chain issues, with everyone on both sides getting really, really fired up against each other. I mean, you know, political discourse is more heated than ever. Um, from at least what I can remember. And these are all because of him and because of what he did. Um, and then the gain-of-function research stuff. It's, it's just all a, a recipe for a trial of some sort. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a not-zero chance that COVID-19 doesn't even happen without Anthony Fauci funding this yeah. gain-of-function research. You're talking about, what, five, six million dead across yeah. the world? 500,000-plus Americans dead? I mean, the, the complete destruction of the U.S. Constitution, the, the yeah. single greatest increase in government power since Woodrow Wilson. I mean, since the Federal mm-hmm. Reserve was created, I'd say. Um, yeah, I mean, just I, I mean, anybody who, who likes Trump, anybody, any Trump supporter needs to be calling for his prosecution. I mean, Fauci's yeah. the reason why Trump isn't president right now. I mean, he, he used his position to try to bring down the Trump presidency. I mean, he was just an, an operate. He was just a, an arm of the Joe Biden campaign. And then if you're some liberal, I mean, he's the reason why your favorite bar, your favorite restaurant, your favorite, whatever is closed permanently now. And, and how your buddy yeah. that owned that restaurant is now poor and homeless and, you know, addicted to drugs. And, you know, you can't go get your little freaking avocado toast for $15. Cause that restaurant <laughs> closed. That's all Anthony Fauci's fault. I mean, everybody left, right and center should be calling for this man to be in prison the rest of his life. Like, I, this is like the least 
of all the things I've said on this podcast in the last six years, this is like the least controversial thing I've ever said. My goodness. <laughs> like, I just don't. Yeah. I, and I, I love that Rand Paul's out there doing the Lord's work. Like, God bless him. But oh, man, where's great. everybody else? Like, where, where, where is yeah. everyone, every, every elected official? Man, I just don't, I don't get it. But hey, man, look. And I, I hate defending rich, powerful people. But like, hey, man, like if Elon Musk is going to keep calling these people out. He's going to keep putting his money where his mouth is. Like, you know, he's definitely an asset. You know, he's definitely an ally, at least for now. And maybe one day he won't be, you know. But uh, as of now, I just don't. I don't get the Musk hate from people on the right. I don't get it, man. I mean, like, he's doing the world a service by releasing this information, by highlighting people like Anthony Fauci. It's like, hey, man, is he perfect? No. But, I mean, he's he's doing something that nobody else has the ability to do. So I, I definitely think it's worth celebrating. Yeah, we can't be. We can't be purists on this necessarily just because the work's too important. Um, and he's doing important work. And it's it's really the least he can do to help us, but he is helping. Uh, I mean, Twitter, I already see Twitter changing in, in the right direction. Um, hopefully that stays that way and keeps going. But, yeah, I mean, we just need to do this. And it's, I mean, the, yeah, the least we can do is prosecute Fauci. Uh, the, the least Trump could have done was fire him. So I, I think that's going to be a problem for him going into the primaries. But yeah, um, I mean, that's that's disqualifying. Yeah. And I just I, I can't. I hope you yeah. know, DeSantis gives him hell for it because he definitely could have done more on that for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. thousands of lives could have been spared if Trump had the balls to stand up to Fauci, but he didn't. I mean, what a cowardly yeah. move, you know. He can't claim to be this big tough guy and then let a little five foot tall Italian eighty year old bang you around. <laughs> like what are we doing, yeah. man? <laughs> Think you're a oh, tough guy? Man. Are you kidding? You can't even handle Anthony Fauci. How are you gonna handle yep. the CIA and the FBI? Actual killers. Right. You know, actual actual sociopaths, actual monsters with machine guns. How are you gonna stand up to them if you can't stand yeah. up to an Italian midget? Like my goodness. And, and if you can't stand up to one prominent federal employee who has clearly done wrong, how are you going to stand up to the rest of the administrative state effectively? Yeah. Uh, I just don't see the, I don't see the argument for that. So if you can't beat Fauci, yeah. how are you going to defund the FBI? <laughs> right, right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Nick, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Where can everybody uh, follow you online? Keep in touch, all that good stuff. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter at Nick underscore Lindquist. And then you can find my articles and podcast episodes and stuff at nicklinquist.com. Everybody follow Nick. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.